Remember when your uh, remember when your kids made a picture of me using a collage or whatever, like snippets of a magazine, and it, <laughs> it or no, it wasn't of me. It was just a random, and it looked like <laughs> holy fuck, that is fear. The one eye is kind of like half closed. And, oh. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. <laughs> Welcome everybody. Uh, during that intro, I just watched Pierre deep throw to ice cap. <laughs> Thank you, Mocha Loca. Mocha Woo. Loca. Future sponsorship. Yes. I don't know if there's one near my house, but uh, it looked actually pretty delicious because yeah. it's freaking hot out. Today's a hot one, by unofficial start of summer, I think. Uh, and for those of you who can't see, which <laughs> would be 100% of our audience, B-Boy has got a Gatorade towel around his neck. And, That's right. Uh, I think I see a tank top. Yes, there's a tank top. Thankfully, <laughs> there's a tank top. <laughs> All right. I was sweating like crazy today. Yeah. I actually yeah, worked out for hot. the first time in months. Did this thing called nine rounds of the kickboxing circuit. I think mine would have been called probably like six and a half rounds. But <laughs> yeah. I got through it, and I've been sweating ever since, cutting the grass and just being in the house. I haven't turned the AC on. You know, for those who don't know, my wife is uh, – she likes to conserve energy and only do it when it's necessary. Um, and I'm here with a towel thinking it's necessary. She's not home right now, <laughs> so very- I might throw it on. But anyway, whatever. I'll deal with it. It is what it is. But I feel like I'm uh, doing a post-game interview right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, for that nine rounds, do you wear gloves and hit heavy bags and stuff? Or are they? is it a circuit? Yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, we got a heavy bag. There's a one of uh, there's a speed bag like the uh, uh, the heavy bag. There's like a, a teardrop bag that we actually punch, uppercut, and uh, like you're kicking, like shin kicks yep. and there's side yep. kicks and somewhat a donkey kick. And anyway, it uh, they change things up. And then there's one round where the instructor actually gets you through different combinations and stuff like that. Anyway, it's basically um, I don't want to say low impact because it's not, but I can modify things if need be because my uh, my chiropractor has got me on this 12-week program to adjust my lower back and trying to get some of the uh, curvature back. Um, yeah. You know, years of being this size plus football plus, I mean, freaking men's baseball took a uh, uh, shit kick into my back um, and trying to learn golf and stuff too. So I want to make sure I can play that for a little bit, but uh Anyway, my chiropractor said no more. You can't do any loaded squats, can't do deadlifts, can't do jumping, can't do soft couches for too long. I'm like, for how long? He's like, uh, for the rest of your life. So okay. mattresses too. Uh, I'm working on a different mattress there. Um, yeah. I just I sleep on my side now. I've adjusted my sleeping a little bit. I used to be a st- uh, stomach sleeper. Which, oh really? Yeah, which is uh, probably not good for your back at all either. So. Um, yeah, some adjustments. I'm over forty now. It is what it is. Yeah, man. I, I don't. You know, I don't know many stomach sleepers. To be honest, I uh, I sleep on my side, which tends to draw my knees in because you just cr- sort of naturally curl up, and that's really tough mm-hmm. on my low back. But uh, that's wild. And yeah, sport. You know, sports. The impact w- just from playing sports throughout our our lives, and as we get up to forty, I certainly know all about back pain and back injuries. So. Uh, it can be chronic. It can be debilitating if you don't address it. So good for you for addressing it, bud. Like uh, not, a lot of people just live through, and a lot of men specifically just sort of plow through life, and it'll get better. It'll get better. I'll just I'll I'll wait, sleep all this. They make every excuse in the book, but um, you know it's tough to live in with chronic pain. It mm-hmm. it's a deterrent to live your best life. You know, you're when you're at six o'clock and. Uh, your wife wants to go for a walk it's a lot easier to say no because you're in pain so you know it takes away from quality of life so good for you buddy awesome yeah i appreciate that yeah my dad's brother is kind of like that he's got his back and he's always got excuses not to do it and that's one of my biggest fears is uh, getting to a point where i can't like whatever i'm a big dude uh you know i got weight to lose 100 percent, but 
I've always been fairly active and wanted to do things like that. So if, uh, if I'm unable to do it, then my quality of life will automatically drop. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to avoid that. Anyway, uh, all that said and done, moving forward. Um, yeah. So, actually, I'm going to ask you something because sure. this came up um, during the Raptors run. So the excitement that I had for the Raptors and I was, you know, I could see my son Jackson getting it and we were kind of really getting that fever and uh, we were rewatching one of the games and Savina was into it, my daughter. Um, but at one point I was explaining something and I was getting very hyper and she looked at me and, and she has a tendency of thinking uh, greater than the actual topic. And she gave me one of these but what's the point? And I was like, ooh. And so I started thinking, and uh, I don't know the point, I guess, of sports, like the purpose of it. But as any typical parent would do, I made something up on the spot. And uh, I said, well, back in the day, the fans used to be in a ring, and they would watch people compete against each other, but they would have swords and the loser would die. I said, I think sports was brought in to replace that so that people would stop dying. <laughs> wow. And I don't know if there's any validity to that or not, but I literally, I went back to the gladiator and thought, you know, <laughs> the whole, are you not entertained scene? And I was like, oh, I guess that's what that was back in the day. That would be considered your sports. So maybe they were trying to find out who is the better man without living or dying being the consequence? Whoa. Uh, listen, B, I, on my agenda today, I had CFL, <laughs> NBA, maybe talk a little bit of OJ Simpson. I had no idea we were going to go into like the, the philosophy of life. and yeah. uh, Why are we here? Yeah. Whoa. That's, whoa. that's my I, week. That's a great. You know what? That's a, it's a, really, that's a really neat answer you gave, Savina. I, that's a great question. What's the point? You know, and uh, many people who many people I've dated, many people I've hung out with who aren't sports fans have always asked me, like, what's the point? Why are you so into sports? They, they're millionaires. Uh, what do you what do you benefit from it other, aside from entertainment? And I'm like, well, entertainment gets <laughs> what I benefit from. I like watching it. I get excitable. I when I it reminds me when I was a kid and I had all those dreams of being the uh, the starting pitcher in Game Seven of the World Series and <clears throat> you know, so that's yeah. a, what a great question. I, the what's the point? It's entertainment. It really is entertainment. They're paid to entertain us. They're also paid to play their profession, uh, and so they're you know they get all that money. But they they do it is a job. Like it's a, it's a nine to five for these guys. Uh, you know to maintain their bodies and wow, that's a. <sighs> Anyway, so you, you, if you're asking, you're asking me the same thing. Is that? No, I'm just kind of putting it out it's, there again. That's not where the show's going, but I think that's a product of the lack of sleep in terms of following the Raptors and the Stanley yeah. Cup series. And then the first night after, I get woken up halfway through because two raccoons are fighting on the roof outside my window. Uh, I think it's just a lack of sleep at this point. And. Uh, okay. We're starting to get really philosoph uh, philosophical here at the, the Flaming yeah, no Household. Kidding. But, all right, Jeez. let's get hey. into actual sports. Who cares what the point hey. is? We love it. I you, love it. Listeners I'm love it. I'm still amped. Uh, Raptors victory parade. Um, we can touch base yeah. real quickly. Obviously, uh, all of our thoughts and prayers are with the, uh, the victims of the senseless act of uh, shooting that happened. Um, I believe four people were injured, um, whether or not they were all directly related to the uh, the shots fired. But the fact that there were shots fired, period, is disgusting. Um, ruined an otherwise phenomenal day. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we wish everybody a speedy recovery. That being said, with the parade itself, seemed like it was a little bit uh, unprepared. Uh, Poorly organized, yeah. They, and they, uh, the organizers came out today and said they only had two and a half days to organize. And, and they knew, they anticipated two million people. So it's not like, like they warned the city, really? look, if the Raptors win tonight, we're, we got to wait. We got to do this midweek. Like we got to, we can't, we can't th just throw this thing together. And, uh, and I, I thought, 
I thought they didn't. I thought it was like it could have been worse, but there was a you know it was a five hour parade. It was very very long, but you know uh, to 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 the city of Toronto is huge. Yeah, and like, really, I mean, I thought that overall it was still a decent job. I mean, they needed some barricades. Um, I don't know why you wait until they actually clinch it to plan the parade, um, especially when they were up three one at one point. Um, you know, the odds, you, you kind of got to play those odds and the odds of them winning it were pretty high at that point. Start your plan. Um, but you know, again, 2 million people, there's a handful that were, um, problems, I guess. So overall was, was a pretty good ratio. And I mean, the excitement, the, uh, uh, I don't know how Mark Gasol, did the whole parade and still had some energy to sit on a chair on that stage because he was dancing up a storm. He was, and he was, he did, he did drop a couple of yawns though. You see him on the stage? <laughs> yeah, I did. He see dropped that. a couple of yawns and actually Lowry, <laughs> Lowry, when Kawhi finished his, his spiel, he uh, turned to, to walk back. I think Kawhi had just received the, uh, the key to the city and then he was walking back to his seat and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lowry was letting out a huge yawn, and <laughs> Len- Leonard said something. They must have, they all made a joke about it. And then Masai Ujiri was they were all cracking up, but like these guys were probably up all all night. Like the, they haven't slept in f- three four days probably. Oh, guaranteed they haven't slept you know? in three, four days. I mean, half the team didn't even come back with Nurse that first night. No, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so good. <laughs> they in so Vegas. good. Um, two million people. You know, obviously. A rough estimate. Uh, a lot of political characters on that stage. Um, a lot of booze for uh, the Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford. Yeah. Um, more cheers than I was expecting, maybe, for Trudeau. Um, but uh, why, why were they there? No, not for listen, listen, I'm sorry. I, I understand it was a patriotic moment, you know, Canada winning the, the Canadian team winning the NBA finals. I get all that. But uh, that just it bothers me. What what did they have to do with the team winning? It should have been a celebration of the team having the team up on on stage. I don't, I don't remember the Cavaliers when they won when they beat the Warriors. Uh, Kyrie Irving was on that team. Uh, they beat the Warriors. They had their party. I don't remember Barack Obama being there. I don't remember the mayor of Cleveland being on on the on the panel. Like it's for your team. It's for your the organization, like the GM, the president, that's for them to celebrate. I, I don't know what Trudeau was doing there. And I, I'm, again, we don't want to go political, Brock. You know how volatile politi- political talk can get. You right. know, people get really passionate about it. So I'm not here to be like liberal, conservative, uh, uh, for Trudeau. Like, uh, it's, all, it's all pointless. They didn't belong there. Ford had nothing to do with that team. Nothing. It's, Ford has, you know, Toronto has ex- existed way before Ford got there. He had nothing to do with the city. And Trudeau got up there, and he just he made an ass of himself. He just started screaming in the mic, and like, we're going to get it next year. What the hell do you know about sports, bud? Okay, first of all, you boxed Brazo and almost lost. Like, you don't know fuck all about sports. Pardon my language, but I'm just, it's just, uh, yeah. he just did not, he didn't belong there, bud. He said, you know, what you would, some typical, you know, writer or somebody who tells them what to talk what to say doesn't know anything about sports went on and googled say the biggest cliches you know for a championship to grab (laughs) and threw them all together fine (laughs) put a smile on his face point at a few people anyway again not getting into complete like trashing the man but the only reason i can see ford and trudeau being there is if the speech they got up and jointly said hey you know this was really good for Canada. And you know what? Kawhi, another little bonus is that uh, the Raptors players will be exempt from having to pay the ridiculous amount of income tax that keeps players from wanting to play in Canada. Um, and uh, we'll make sure that you get your full salary. And say, okay, I got uh, Trudeau's support for that. Sign it up. We're good to go. Other than that, there's no reason for him to be there. No, and I I am uh, I'm a liberal, but I don't necessarily enjoy the current um, regime. 
because of their overspending. But that's a whole other that's a whole other can of worms. It's a whole other podcast. It's a whole other genre of podcast. Like I, they just had no business being up there, except for the fact that they were showing solidarity solidarity when it came to Canada. You know, uh, it being a Canadian team, they were just representing the country and the province. I get that. You, you make a quick hello, and then you get the hell off stage. That's that would have been fine with me. For the, for I kept. I think I called him Rob Ford. Sorry, it's for Doug Ford. Doug to Ford, be yeah. up. Yeah, my bad, gang. Um, for him to be sitting up there with the team, at, like it would suggest that he actually had a hand or a part in putting together the players or paying the players or like what. Uh, so it just didn't make any sense to me. So I got really frustrated, especially when Trudeau got up there and talked. It was just ridiculous. And, you know, for it wasn't a, a day where fans needed to boo. And I don't blame them for booing. If they don't like the guy, they're going to boo. Like, I, you know, uh, Vince McMahon gets called out in WWE. Yeah, they're going to boo. Every commissioner gets booed. Other well, everyone, Yeah. The NBA guy doesn't, but. Adam Silver gets his fair share of boos, but I, he's actually not a bad commissioner, but. I don't know, but I I'm with you there. I just they didn't they didn't belong. But the, the parade itself, the the ceremony, the everything was just really really well done. Um, you've seen one, you've seen them all. So you know you get a lot of the cliches. I was hoping for a little more charisma from some of the players, but again, they had been probably been boozing for for five They're six exhausted. days in a row. You They're exhausted. Tell. They looked exhausted. You know whose speech was the best though? Uh, Van Vliet's. Yeah, it was short, right? Like It was we- short, and it was to the point saying, basically, hey, fans and media, you guys, you give it to us every single season where we don't win and should have or should have gone further. And basically like, hey, we're champs now, so you better give us – put the same amount of energy in um, promoting us, you know, of boosting yep. us up because we earned it. Yeah. And uh, shit, I can appreciate that. Yeah, hey, he was he was the realist. I, I didn't mind. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't mind. Actually, I, I like Kawhi's. I thought Kawhi's was classy and to the point. And then he, you know, he finished with a ha 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 ha. So good. That, that was, was so good. good. I thought I thought there for sure he's coming back. But uh, that, again, we'll talk about that. Maybe uh, we'll just touch upon that a little later. But overall, it was awesome. Masai Ujiri is a, the, a class act. The guy looks like a player. <laughs> he looks like he's one of the boys. Um, it's true. Just, I'm just so happy for everybody, and it was a really special day. I got goosebumps. I was watching it from work. We had it up on the big screens there at the at the gym, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was just, it was just a, a gazillion people. I thought what it would be like to be there. I don't know if I'd like to be standing in the middle of that pack. Uh, there was a stampede uh, after after the shots were fired, right? And I was reading a story today about a guy who he shielded a lady and her kids from, from getting trampled. Do you see, do you see the story? I did. I think it was posted on the, uh, Facebook group page. Yeah. Anyway, and then the guy, amazing. uh, helped, helped the lady find her other three kids who were, who had been separated with, with the dad, I guess they had moved locations and they all, they all got back together. And anyway, her, his friend posted the story on Facebook and in the hopes of it getting, uh, getting or going viral or whatever. So, uh, kudos to that guy. I think his name was Rob. I don't remember the last name, but great mm-hmm. story. Uh, you know, typical Canadian, really. And uh, <clears throat> again, glad that uh, the injuries were minimal. They're, they're not life-threatening. The suspects are were apprehended and are in custody. So, you know, all in all, for, for a shooting to happen in a parade, and really it kind of happened and disappeared, pretty remarkable. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So staying with the NBA, yes, you are a Lakers fan, not as big as a Raptors fan as you were uh, before. You used to be Lakers first, I think, probably then Raptors. Um, I think on yes. the last episode, you made that clear indication that the Raptors have now taken the reins of the Pierre Cariotti fandom. However, you still have a soft spot for the Lakers, and they made an interesting move over the last couple of days. Um, why don't you fill us in on that? Lakers dealt away three young... Sorry, I just took a sip of my cappuccino again because it's delicious. Because it's delicious. Um, The (laughs) Lakers traded away three of their young assets that they've drafted the last couple of years. Uh, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, very controversial Lonzo Ball. Yes, the Lonzo Ball, whose dad, LeVar, is an absolute moron. And uh, Brandon Ingram, who's... uh, 
had a had a sort of a quiet start to his career, and it ended last year. I'm sorry, not his career, but his season ended last year with a blood clot in his uh, in his leg. There's some concerns there. So, and a bunch of draft picks, which seem to be what everyone's talking about. Right. So, I've got my thoughts on on all that, and I'll I'll keep it sort of short and sweet. First of all, the Lakers had four major young pieces on their roster. They dealt away the three. Uh, three that I would have dealt, and they kept the best out of the out of their young assets. So I look at it from that perspective. Okay. They dealt three young players who aren't as good as the fourth young player that they decided to keep. Fantastic! There's a win right there. Number two, they dealt away their fourth re- their fourth overall pick. That was going to happen. I think any any trade was going to involve that fourth overall pick. That was going to happen. Yeah, it was. In, you had to include it. The trade was not going to be get consummated without it. So. Uh, check that off. It's the all the other picks that they received that the Pelicans received in, in exchange that uh, people are talking about. And it, yes, is it a big haul? Yeah, congratulations to New Orleans. They're going to end up if the Lakers do well, they're going to end up picking twentieth for the next couple around <laughs> couple of years. That's fine. The Lakers don't value draft picks. They don't. It, they, they look. They tried this rebuild. They tried it. They tried it a couple of years ago. They, it didn't. It didn't work. They're, they don't. They're not built. The franchise isn't built to rebuild. They spend money on free agents. That's how they build their team. They get big, high-priced free agents and surround the roster with veterans. If you look at the the Shaq Kobe era, okay, they picked up Shaq from a trade from Orlando. They didn't even draft Kobe. They picked. They got Kobe in a draft uh, draft day trade. Vladi Divac and their pick for Kobe Bryant. Really. So. Yeah, so the last time they really had a significant draft where they built through their draft was Magic Johnson in 79 and James Worthy a couple of years later. Both bombs, like I was, eh? Yeah. I was five. So the philosophy of, of the Lakers is has never been to draft. They they draft, they they find. They, they, if they're given a draft pick, they're going to pick somebody, but the guy won't play. So... When I think back now, like Derek Fisher was was an, the only other homegrown guy that they kept. Everybody else has been through free agency. And you, again, I'm dating back to like 2000, 2001, when the Shaq Kobe era started, the first, first three championships. Uh, they filled with their roster with guys like Ron Harper, who had been with the Bulls, uh, Horace Grant, Samaki Walker, Isaiah Ryder, all these retreads from other teams, Glenn Rice. They don't. They don't draft. It's not. I mean, they draft, but they don't draft for these guys to develop and be a starter. That's not. It's never been the Laker way. So, this trade is so Lakers. It's getting arguably the best player in the NBA. And Anthony Davis was maybe number two in the NBA a couple of years ago when the Pelicans uh, made the playoffs and swept the Portland Trailblazers in round one. It was 2017. <clears throat> then he got hurt. But he was the best player in the NBA. He was the talk of the town. He led a, a Pelicans team to a second-round playoff series. They ended up losing that round. But, I mean, it was remarkable. What he, he did it with nothing. Mm-hmm. Cousins had gotten hurt. So he did it with nothing. Sort, no offense, Drew Holiday. But he did it with absolutely nothing. So he's an absolute stud. He's only 26, Brock. Is he really? So, he's only 26 years old. So and the kid can shoot threes. He's seven feet tall. He's long. He can protect the rim, and he now he's going to be playing with LeBron James, maybe the best passer at the small forward that we've ever seen. No offense, Magic. Magic was a point guard though. So I mean, the Lakers now their job is to fill the roster out, either get another max contract in there, or disperse the money and uh, and fill out your roster with a. Sh- they need a shooter. They need a point guard, either a starter or a backup, depending on if they bring Rondo back. Um, they need a little bit of help down low, but I mean, you're starting your roster with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Jesus, how the, how are they not the favorites? So for me, the Lakers won that trade. The Pelicans could really profit from this trade a few years from now, but right now, next year they're they're going to be brutal. Zion or not, no Zion, they're going to be brutal next year. There's actually a um, I don't even know if it was a meme or not, but it had a had Lonzo Ball in a Pelicans oh. uniform. He was shoot, he was given like a backwards pass. It was an alley oop to Zion, and it said, "Great alley oop, you know, to mm-hmm. Zion." And the Pelicans cut the, cut the deficit to twenty five. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> like, so All right. good. There'll be like that's three so dunks, good. and then that's going to be it. So now, when you think of the West, there's the Lakers, there's Golden State, 
There's Houston, depending on what happens with this Chris Paul uh, and uh, Harden feud. Harden obviously isn't going anywhere, but I would assume Chris Paul would be the one that moves if there's any issues. Uh, Oklahoma City is okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, Portland, Denver. Did you say Denver? Denver was the one seed last year. I just finished with Denver. Um, yeah. Utah just made a big deal today. They picked up Mike Conley from the from the Memphis Grizzlies. Is that uh, big enough to put them on to? Yeah, I mean that makes them really strong. He's a huge upgrade at the point guard position. I thought the I thought the Raptors. I'm I'm glad they didn't obviously, but I, when the Raptors were talking for Marcus Gasol, the the rumor was Valanciunas and Lowry for Conley and um, Gasol, and thank God I'm no GM because I'd have pulled the trigger. Mm. Conley is a phenomenal point guard. He's had some injuries. His career is very similar to Lowry's. Uh, very, very similar. Great defender, uh, serviceable outside shooter, good quality guy. Uh, Conley protects the ball a bit more. The grindhouse was, uh, you know, when they had Marcus Gasol, Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, and uh, Conley in their heyday, it was hard to go into Memphis and win games. You know, the games would be 75, 80 points tops, and they beat the hell out of you. So he's a warrior. He's got a lot of lot of miles on him, though, but he's going to make the Utah Jazz a lot better. Uh, really, really, really good pickup. They gave a lot uh, to get him, but really, really good pickup for them. And it, it's gotten f- the ball rolling, Brock. There's all kinds of rumors. Kyrie Irving has ghosted the Celtics. He's not re- responding to any of their, their messages, so he's pretty much gone. Al Horford declined a fourth-year option, I so he's that. now he's a free agent. Uh, there's all kinds of rumors about Jimmy Butler, uh, you mentioned the Rockets. They're yeah. they're done. And look, they can't deal Chris Paul. Uh, this morning, the Knicks turned down a trade for Chris Paul. Um, he he's too much money. He's he's owed 124 million in the next three years. He's 36 years old. Hmm. Really so lucky. how do you deal him? Yeah, you, know? you can't. All guaranteed. Yeah. So, what does this do? Put yourself into Kawhi Leonard's shoes. Obviously, you can't really imagine the stardom he has right now, the uh, achievements he's had in the last couple of weeks, and uh, properties being thrown at you. But put yourself in his shoes and say, "I got to make the decision." Um, and maybe he was thinking of going to LA. Um, does the AD trade? Does that make it more appealing to say, "Hey, maybe I." do become a Laker, you know, and jump on that? Or is it more appealing for him to say, you know what, we got a pretty good thing here. Um, Let the West fight it out all season. And let's just sneak up from the East and, and kind of roll again. Um, Mm. You know, what, what do you think this does this, that trade does for Kawhi's thinking or what would it do for you? Kawhi strikes me as the type of guy that's he's the ultimate competitor. So, you know, to say, well, look, I'll stay in the East and have a better chance. I don't think he thinks like that. Yeah. Like, you know, I think the West let them beat the hell out of each other. By the time they get to the playoffs, we as we saw, you know, injuries will 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 happen because there's so much there's so much talent in the West that by the time they get to the finals, you know, we we saw what we saw. So I don't think that plays a factor. I think he's a competitor, and I think he wants the best com- competition. But he doesn't care. I think he just I want to, he wants a good situation. If I'm Kawhi, I really, really have to consider staying in Toronto. What the country did to celebrate him as a person, I thought his teammates handled everything really well. His teammates could have been like, you know what, we're a team, man. I, I was I did thinking my part that too, exact you know? thing. What the hell is this all about? I did my I did my part. Yeah. Where's my celebration? Where's my key to the city? But they're, again, they're trying to woo an all star, Leonard. His stats in the playoffs this year were like I think the only other guy to hand, to do stuff he did this year was Michael Jordan. He's the only player in the NBA to ever win a uh, Finals MVP in both conferences. So when the Spurs won the championship a few years ago, he was the Finals MVP, and now he's in the East and he does he did the same thing. I mean, that's incredible. That's it's incredible. Is in it today's different conferences, NBA, or is it just with two different teams? Yeah, uh, in in. No, not not necessarily with two different teams, but in uh, two in the two de- two okay. separate conferences. Remarkable in today's NBA with the parity, and it's just what he did was amazing. So if I'm him, I'm I'm really considering like, look, you got a country behind you, money's not going to be a problem. Whether I, I understand the tax situation, I get all that. I understand that it's a lot colder. He's a Cali kid, 
<clears throat> he's not going to L.A., partly because they couldn't afford him anyways. Um, you know, unless they restructure Anthony Davis or they figure out ways to, to get about seven or eight more million bucks, uh, they, can't, they couldn't sign Kawhi. So, so one of those two big boys would have to take a hometown discount. I, I just don't see that happening. So there is a lot of talk about the Clippers. And that worries me because Doc Rivers is probably one of the best coaches in the NBA. Mm. Um, he's also a really good player. You know, the, the term player coach. Yeah. He's, he's a player's coach. He's, they, the guys love playing for him. You know, ask, uh, ask Kevin Garnett, ask Paul, Paul Pierce, what it's like to play for Doc Rivers. They'll, they'll, they'll start tearing up. So there's that allure. Balmer, their owner is not genie bus. He's a, uh, He's an energetic, young, youthful guy that'll do whatever it takes. In fact, I think he's—I think they're building a new building for the Clippers so they can get out of the Lakers' shadow. Uh, so the Clippers have a lot of allure. Uh, so it all depends on what his priorities are. You know, they, there were three thousand Canadians at the finals game in, uh, in at Oracle, and like a hundred of them were his family. So there's that. Like there's there's a lot of factors these guys mm. sit down and and uh, really think about. But you know, Toronto's a beautiful city, and the country loves them. And it would be such a great story for him to come back, win or lose. I'm not sure if you heard James Duthie on uh, TS. Actually, he was doing the CTV with Lisa Laflamme. It was awesome. CTV covered the whole parade. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Uh, that's why I watched the end of it because I uh, record Ellen DeGeneres for the kids every day, and we went to watch it. Like, let's watch <laughs> Ellen. I put it on. It was for, for the kids. For the kids. Yeah, for the kids. For the kids. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it was okay. still the parade coverage, so I realized the CTV was still covering it. Anyway, yeah, they did a really good job. Oh, yeah. And James Duthies had said something right towards the end of the broadcast when Lisa LaFlam was signing off. Uh, she said something about, you know, what's, what, what will it be like if Kawhi doesn't come back? And Duthie said, I think at this point it doesn't matter. I think what, we, what Toronto showed the rest of the NBA, all of North America, is that Toronto is a destination to play basketball. Right. And uh, whether it's Kawhi or whether it's another big, big time free agent, look, man, Toronto's going to love you if you win and you'll get the, you can have all this, you know, two million people at a parade or, uh, you know, the We the North and Jurassic Park and the place going bananas and like it really is unlike any other scene. And the crowd at Oracle should be embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed. They were outclassed, um, out, certainly outnumbered. That's for sure. So. Why wouldn't you come back to Toronto? Like I, I if, if I'm Kawhi and I got a decision to make tomorrow, and it's like twelve oh one, if you don't make a decision, you're out of the league. <laughs> I'm coming back to Toronto. Oh, Done. Yeah. He's coming back to Toronto. Rumor has it he's enrolled his daughter into a very prestigious Toronto school too. You had mentioned that, and uh, I, I tried to follow up on that. Did I couldn't find anything, but uh, I did. I did find an article about that actually, but I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, if if that's true, you know that's I don't know. He's given no sign. Maybe I'm spreading he, rumors, but I'll take it. Yeah, sure. I mean, hey, he's he'd be a great poker player, eh? I oh. can't tell what he's thinking. He'd be the worst to play against, that's for sure. No kidding. So anyway, that's my take. Wait, what's your, do you have a gut feeling? What's your gut feeling? I mean, it's uh, uh, I would be surprised at this point if he leaves. Um, but I agree with uh, with Duffy and saying like. Toronto, we've everybody's always talked about it, and people who have been in Toronto, like Vince and stuff, uh, have talked about why Toronto's special and differentiates from a normal NBA city. But to finally get to the championship and win and be able to put that front and center for the world to see, I think that's that extra step to saying, "Oh my goodness!" Like maybe I wasn't a Raptor and I don't I don't see it firsthand, but now. You know, I'm getting to see that um, as a player in a different city, the the full scope of what playing in Canada for the sole team in that country brings to the table. Oh, unbelievable! You know, that's and that's so. You just nailed it. Like it's we 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 are now a destination. I think thanks to this championship. So uh, whatever happens, I think Toronto it's just all win win at this point. And if Kawhi leaves, we celebrate him. Yeah. As somebody who who helped us bring a championship, uh, again, it was a team effort. But really, you know, if you think about Spicy P and you know Kyle Lowry, their performances in the last game were remarkable. Especially Lowry, he got too off to the to a absolutely scorching start. But uh, we celebrate him and we and we move on. So uh, 
unfortunately, free agency happens so quickly after the last game that we don't like. I feel like we just sell just in celebration mode. Now we already got to think about now. What do we do? You know. So well, the NBA uh, drafts tomorrow, right? It is tomorrow, and you know this might be a good time to uh, take a break. Oh yeah, and when we come back. Uh, maybe we shouldn't spend as much time on the NBA. It's starting to wear off, wear down a little bit, but I do want to talk about the Canadian content in tomorrow's draft. And uh, I have a, a couple of mock drafts. Uh, I could certainly maybe name off the top 10 players who go, I think off the board off, off my mock draft. We'll see how, if I'm right or wrong and we can take note and see how I did uh, tomorrow or Friday morning, I guess. All right. Well, let's take a break and we will be right back. All right, Ottawa, summer's here and the sun is out and the weather is beautiful and you are ready to cruise the town. But is your car ready? Do what Pep and I do and get your car, truck, cruise ready by taking it to Specialized Auto Image for a full auto detailing. There's nothing better than when I get my truck back with that new car feeling. Call today, book your appointment so you can ride in style. 613-596-9009. Don't forget to mention the unsportsmanlike convo and get yourself 15% off. That's a special rate for the Raptors playoff game. We're back. We're back from our break. Pierre and I yeah. were uh, going through a couple of uh, technical things, uh, but we seem to be back. And uh, 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 he just found rock. out that uh, <laughs> I've never seen the movie Roadhouse. <laughs> if anybody, anybody who anybody knows me, and and knows Mike Ferreira and knows us together. We've watched Roadhouse probably a thousand times, assuming that all of our friends have seen it a thousand times and know every every single line of the movie. And uh, so I said to Brock when we were on break, I said, uh, from now on, if we can find that clip in Roadhouse where the guys uh, in the freezer uh, having relations with a young lady and. Uh, uh, Dalton walks in and says, "Hey, your history." And the guy's like, "But I'm on my break." Well, <laughs> if we could use that as the, the the cue to go to break, and Brock was like, "Where's that from?" I don't understand. And I said, "Well, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't understand?" It's from Roadhouse. Okay, I haven't seen. Okay. I haven't seen. <laughs> we'll put this on the table. I haven't seen Roadhouse. I haven't seen Star Treks. I haven't. Seen- <laughs> Okay, let's just get that out there. Okay. We're not doing let's, a podcast okay. together to talk about Star Trek. <laughs> Different tastes, sports. Roadhouse is sports, man. Roadhouse is sports. It's kicking ass with Sam Elliott, and it's it's guys kicking ass. It's uh, sports. Uh, okay, uh, listen. We're back to the NBA. Well, I'm going to let you go over your mock NBA top ten for tomorrow's draft. Um, and we'll see how closely you stick to the, uh, professionals mock drafts, what the, uh, comparisons are. And we'll see after, I guess on Friday, we'll see how, uh, how well you did. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to mock draft the whole 30, all 30 picks in the first round because, uh, a, it'll take a, an hour on our podcast, but, um, I think we'll just stick with the top, top five, maybe, maybe top six. And then uh, let's see how well I did. I, I think uh, the top three are sort of a foregone conclusion. So, you know, uh, it'll be the bottom three, uh, four, five, and six that uh, we'll, we'll see if I'm right or if I'm wrong, if I've got NBA GM in my future. Um, so unlike any other sport, in the NBA draft, you can change the fortunes of your franchise with one pick. You know, you've got one player on the court with four other guys. That one player has a huge impact. That's 20% yeah. of your, your offense or defense. Not like hockey where, yeah, you've got five guys on, but they're on for about 30 seconds. So, and then, you know, we can talk about football and baseball and, and how one player can impact or not impact an entire franchise. Um, and that's like like uh, we discussed off air, Brock. That's a whole other podcast, really. So yeah. let's talk about the top six picks for tomorrow's NBA draft. And there's a lot of Canadian content and we've got a Canadian going top three, actually Uh, with the first overall pick. It's a no brainer. This kid is an absolute freak. If you saw him at all at Duke this year, he was a monster. He did things on the court that I've never seen. 
That's in, that includes Vince Carter. That includes Michael Jordan. I'm talking college, by the way. Uh, all the high flyers in the past. I've never seen a kid do this. The the one person that comes to mind, but it, it's hard to compare because they're not the same sizes. Uh, Clyde Drexler was a was a bit of a freak in college, but he was predominantly right-handed and couldn't do too much with his left. And even when he became an NBA player, he couldn't do a whole hell of a lot with his left. So uh, Zion Williamson, the number one overall pick, he's left-handed. He improved his game so much from the beginning. Uh, it'd be scary to see him come back for another year, actually. So I have him going number one, and that's to the New Orleans Pelicans, who hold the the, the first pick in the overall draft. Um, going number two, I have John Morant from Murray State going to the Memphis Grizzlies, who have the second pick in the draft. Um, good fit for them. They just dealt Mike Conley to the Utah Jazz in exchange for Jay Crowder and a couple other players and a draft pick. John Morant is a phenomenal offensive talent, smart player, great court vision. Um, we'll see how it pans out in Memphis. They're, they're rebuilding. Their whole team's gone. You know, Connolly, Zach Morris, Tony Allen, all the, they're all gone. Zach Morris, Jesus, that's saved by the bell. <laughs> Zach Randolph. <laughs> hey, maybe Screech. Maybe they'll draft Screech. Who knows? Uh, oh, dear. Uh, it's getting late, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, number three overall pick, I've got the Knicks taking R.J. Barrett. Uh, that's a no-brainer. Uh, the Knicks tried to pull a trigger on uh, Chris Paul trade today, but they actually nixed it. Uh, the money didn't work, and the return was too much. So good for the Knicks, actually. That's a, maybe the smartest move they've made in about 30 years. So they're going to take R.J. Barrett. Uh, rumor has the Pelicans trying to move up to get that spot. And if they do, they can draft R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, a couple of Dukies, to go with their recently acquired um, Brandon Ingram, who's also a Duke alum. Um, and I, Before I go on, I want to mention something about Lonzo Ball. His dad's, his dad's a jerk. His dad causes him more problems than anything else. And his dad has set the bar so high for a player who's really not that offensively gifted um, and can't stay healthy. Uh, I said it when Lonzo Ball was picked over uh, second overall by the Lakers a couple of years ago. I said, I don't know about this pick only because he's got chicken legs. He doesn't have an NBA body. And you know what, Brock? I'm not going to I'm not going to pat myself on the back for being right all the time or whatever. But <laughs> he fucking pulled his hamstring. He tore his quad. He's pulled a calf all within two and a half years. And he's only 20 something like he's 21 years old. You, you shouldn't be having those injuries at that age unless you can't handle the rigors of 82 games. And, you know, that that's that's a testament to his work ethic or lack of to his fucking dad's genetics. I mean, I don't know what it is, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, good riddance, Lonzo Ball. Take your fucking dad with you. I Have fun in New Orleans, New Orleans. Have fun there, buddy. Back yeah. to the draft. Uh, I've made a, a last-minute change to uh, the New Orleans Pelicans number four pick. I see them taking point guard Darius Garland out of Vanderbilt. Um, that's your boy. No, it's not. A lot of these well, comments you, are off air because Pierre and I spent a lot of time off air talking about this stuff too. Yeah, that's why it's getting late. Uh, no, he plays for Vanderbilt. That is an SEC team that does not start with F. Florida. I get so. it. I get it. But you know what? During the during the March Madness, all you were texting me about for three weeks is, "Did you see Garland? Did you see my boy Garland? Wow, Garland had a great game." That is, actually, he was hurt. He was actually he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's a um, he's a freshman point guard out of Vanderbilt who had uh, a very very bad injury that didn't allow him to play much this year. But he's uh, his pedigree. Wow, he's an excellent excellent uh, point guard. He's going to be an excellent NBA point guard. He's under control. He's got some good size. So um, it's a it's a little bit of a risk at the number four. But you know he he would have been a top five, top three pick had he not gotten hurt. Um, Cleveland Cavaliers. I have them taking Jared Culver, uh, shooting guard from uh, from uh, Texas Tech. Um, not much I can say about that. Cleveland needs one of everything, really. And uh, at number six, I've got the Phoenix Suns taking Kobe White out of North Carolina. They're in desperate need of some guard play. Uh, Devin Booker is an amazing scorer, but he can't stay healthy. And they've got uh, the big man that they drafted last year out of Arizona, um, DeAndre Ayton. He had an Ayton in a couple weeks. He's a big boy, great skill, a lot like Embiid if he develops an outside someone to handle the ball. And uh, Phoenix 
boxes. I mean, no one can figure them out. Uh, nice, nice place to live, nice place to play, but they've had a hard time drawing uh, free agents there. So those are my top six picks. And, you know, like Brock and I said, we can go, I can keep going to the Bulls pick and continue on and on and on. But um, that's, that's my top six. There's a lot of Canadian content in uh, the draft tomorrow too. RJ Barrett, most notably, um, Brock, you mentioned a kid from Ottawa that could be in the draft tomorrow. You you have his name. Yeah, Marion uh, Shayok. S-H-A-Y-O-K. Yeah, friend of ours. Or actually, yeah. yeah, my wife's cousin, Matt Koslag, coaches the St. Pat's basketball team here in Ottawa, which is uh, perennially one of the better teams in high school. Um, and uh, so this guy went through his program and continues to work with Matt in the off season. Um, and has uh, really turned his game up since moving from Virginia to Iowa State. Uh, I don't think he's on the mock boards for those uh, for the draft, but hopefully gets picked up by somebody. And um, yeah, it's just it's another step for Ottawa basketball. And I know that this Raptors season is going to be great for Canada basketball as a whole as well. So um, good luck to him. Good luck to uh, all the other Canadians that are in the draft. Um, let me ask you who you think the biggest jumper is going to be in the draft. That's on kind of on the spot. So if you don't have an answer, you don't have to have an answer, but who do you think is going to move up the highest from what he's projected to go? Or I'll even give you a, a, an out. You just tell me who you think is going to drop the most. So I one think, of the well, two. actually I mentioned Garland Garland's in, in most mock drafts. He's going seventh or eighth uh, to the bulls. Uh, notably, so I, I've mentioned him as as the number four pick. So I, he'd be the guy who's going to jump. Uh, he's again, he's a huge risk. Like he did, he there's not the sample size is small. He got hurt really early this year, so he's my he's my risk, high risk, high reward. He'll jump. Uh, somebody who's going to fall. That's a that's a tough one. I uh, you know I I think Cam Reddish falls uh, only because he had such an up and down season. And nobody can understand why. The only thing I could think of is, you know, he's playing alongside two superstars, and um, there's just not there's only one basketball. He was, you know, it's funny, and you'd know this, Brock. When you you get to that level at college, and you've been a dominant player all through high school, and you know you're you're all state, and you're you're the king, you're the man, you're the, and then all of a sudden you're you're on a team of hey, those three guys are actually better than I am. I got to fight for minutes. I got to fight. I got to earn it. So I think what NBA teams are looking for in Cam Reddish is, is does he have that fight, that uh, that will? Because there's no reason Duke should should have lost this year. They, with all the talent they had, there's between Reddish, Barrett, and Zion, uh, they could have withstood one of those guys getting hurt and still done well. So I don't know. I think he drops. I think Garland moves up. Those are my two guys. Okay. I like it. And what are the... Uh... Uh, over under for how many years Zion plays in the league before he makes a transition to the NFL as a tight end. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a, that's a great, I say it within, within three years, he becomes an NBA all-star and he has a, a, a long illustrious 12 to 15 year hall of fame career. And football is never even uh, uh, an option. That's my call. I think at this point you're probably right. Um, depends if he gets sponsored by McDonald's or something like that. He could be a dominant uh, left tackle probably. Uh, hey, let me tell you, he buddy. Any more here's, a, here's a question for you. I like I like where you're going with that. Better better college basketball player turned NFL player. Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates? Oh, so Julius Peppers wasn't even in there. Uh, I didn't. Well, I forgot about Peppers. Yeah, uh, Peppers was a good, was a really good college player, actually. But, but Gonzalez and uh, both tight ends, I figure that's why maybe I put them in the. Uh, the yeah, sample. which I'm more impressed probably by a Julius Peppers because it's not a tight end position. A tight end is such a natural place for a basketball player to go. You know what I mean? Use your hands, use your quickness, you know, Absolutely. jumping abilities and whatnot. Julius Peppers plays friggin' rush end. Like now you are right in the muck of the violent aspect of football and you're butting heads and you are, I don't know. I was, I'm more impressed by Julius Peppers, but uh, I think out of those two, 
it's I'm I'm probably leaning towards uh um Tony. I, I, that I mean, now that I think about it, even posing that question, I don't even know how I'd answer it. There were two Hall of Fame tight ends who had long careers too, and Tony Gonzalez uh, didn't get a Super Bowl, unfortunately, but had was equally as effective when he went when he was dealt to Atlanta. Yeah. Antonio Gates is still playing. Yeah, I was going to say he's not even done yet. Not even done yet, you know. And he's, uh, I mean, his body's take you could see he slowed quite a bit. He's put on a couple pounds, and uh, uh, he's been hampered by some leg injuries over the last couple of years. But you know, those tight ends, man, they must take an absolute beating. Um, maybe not in today's NFL, but you know, G- Gonzalez and Gates were in the early two thousands when the running game was still prominent, and they got to stop outside linebackers from going to kill the quarterback, and like, wow, you know. Yeah. I mean, really, you're you're pretty vulnerable. Uh, you're a big dude, so when those guys that are secondaries, like the Ed Reeds and um, you know the the real heavy hitter safeties, come down to play you, they're coming low. They're coming hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. I mean, everybody in the NFL takes a beating. Let's be honest. But um, oh no, you got to be no. careful. Yeah. Anyway, it's impressive when those stories where, you know, they grab a guy from one sport and make him into something else in a different sport always impresses me. Um, and I'm fascinated by it to a point. Um, I also love hearing the guys that have, you know, some people you don't even know or don't even realize, you know, they were drafted in one sport, but cho- like in two sports and they chose to go with one and you say, oh, he was a football player. Uh, what was the big uh, the big guy for the Jays? Uh, big power hitter, DH, uh, was drafted in the NFL as well. Oh, uh, quite a blank. Was that in the 90s, 2000s? Yeah. Um, in the... Recently? I guess late 90s, early 2000s. Real big mouth, like not like he talked a lot. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Not I'll Delgado? To... No, no, no. Like a real big guy. Real big smile on his face Whoa. all the time. I, I gotta, I gotta Google this. Are we, are we gonna take a break and come back? Because I want to Google that. Yeah, we gotta come back anyway. We're gonna get Curtis on, and we're gonna talk CFL. So we'll take a break, and hopefully, I have that answer for you. All right. So, in an effort to keep these episodes manageable, we're actually gonna be splitting this up into a part A and a part B. So that concludes part A. And if you're looking for the answer and figure out who that Blue Jay was who's been drafted by multiple professional associations and also to listen to Curtis Fleming and his take on the CFL and the Red Blacks, tune in to episode B, which will be released around the same time as episode A. Please ensure that you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast whenever you can. Any feedback, good or bad, we'll take it. Constructive criticism is always welcome. And we hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. And look forward to the next episode.